Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halstead, and I am accompanied by my co-host, Micah Current. Today, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite stuff, Star Wars, specifically the prequel era. Micah, thank you so much for joining me, bud. Yeah, man, it's great to be here. Um, I just had this idea and thought you'd enjoy it because you really you grew up in that era, and I, I did, watched yeah. them too in real, in real time. Um, but we... Before we jumped on uh, the call, we were talking offline a little bit about, you know, we kind of, we did an episode on, I think, episode four. We did an episode on the trilogy, the original trilogy as a whole. And then we also did, I think my friend Rich and I did one in Force Awakens. Um, but we've never, never done anything in respect to the the prequels. So I'm excited. Yeah, you know, this, this has a very sentimental part for me because I, I grew up with, with the original trilogy with my dad uh watching them on vhs tapes because i'm that old um all of our our any of my students that listen yes vhs vhs tapes were the 90s and the 80s and um early early 2000s um but i remember watching those and i remember seeing those movies in the theater um that was that was some of my first theatrical movies that i saw um, i remember watching phantom menace uh at the theater that was awesome uh, loving Jar Jar Binks as a child, adulthood. Uh, I, I don't really care for Jar Jar Binks, but well, let's go ahead and get into this. So, uh, so you mean your favorite part of the Phantom Menace isn't the part where Qui Gon grabs Jar Jar by the tongue and say, "Don't do that again," and says, "Don't do that again." <laughs> no, it's it's my favorite. My favorite part from Phantom Menace is the deleted scene where they were gonna throw him off the waterfall and kill Jar Jar. Oh well, the Gungans wanted to. At least. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. Um, so, you know, st- let, let's let's take it film by film real quick. Yeah, it's fine. So, so episode one, you and I, we, we were younger, got to see these in real time. What were your thoughts after having seen four, five, and six growing up with that? Um, and then the, the 97 uh, remake um, when they remastered it for the first time. Uh, having having all those and the extra additions and whatnot, um, what what did you think of episode one? At the time, like you, I mean, I think you used a really good illustration. Like kid Jordan was, you know, impressed with Jar Jar, but then adult Jordan wasn't. And um, I was, you know, I'm such a fan of the the original three, um, and I feel like I can just watch those at any point in my life, right? Um, we were home for, you know, Christmas break last year and I, I just burned through the original trilogy because I just love them that much. And, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm working on something, you know, I can just watch them at any time. And I just love the story that's told. Um, at least once a year, I try to watch four, five, six, one, two, three, um, in that order. And just, you know, really the more I watch the prequel trilogy, the more I enjoy it um, now. Um, I will say that some of the acting wasn't the best. Some of the filming wasn't the best. Um, and as we were talking about just a moment ago, Kid Kid Me really loved the movie. Um, and we did a video game podcast recently with Scott. And did you play the Nintendo 64 at all? A little bit. Okay, so there was a there was a Star Wars Episode One pod racing game. It was similar to like Mario Kart racing, and that and game they, was just they, that so was a, cool. That game was crossed because uh, it also went on to PlayStation. 
And okay. I think Xbox even had it because I, I remember playing it on my PlayStation 2. But the pod racing was just so cool. Um, and, you know, I just thought that Darth Maul was such a menacing villain. And I feel like they missed the opportunity with him. But obviously we get more of him down the road with with the animated series of the Clone Wars. And we get more of him in Star Wars Rebels. Um, and he makes a brief appearance in the solo movie. But like, it's just, I feel like they missed the chance with him. And he just, I remember when he's he's talking to, to, to Sidious and it's like, oh, there's somebody other than Darth Vader that, that can be that, you know. Menacing. Evil. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I I thought they missed the mark with him. I thought the lightsaber with him, Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan was really cool. Um, especially well, that was the, the first time that we saw the dual lightsaber, like yeah. the doubles. Like that was sweet. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at uh, or what I was getting to. But yeah, I, I think that they, they nailed it with that. Um, one of the things that really confused me as a kid and like, even now, like to a degree, like, you know, they made such a big deal about Queen Amidala and Padme was like a decoy. That confused the crap out of me as a kid because it was just like, is there two of them? Is it the same person? Is she Queen Amidala? Like, I don't feel like they did such a great job, uh, great job of telling that story. Real quick, do you know who played the decoy, the one that's actually like Queen Amidala? Uh, you know uh, Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley. Yeah. Yeah. Who is who is really well known for her role in Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. Man, like, I was like, oh, I don't look at that answer right. That's yeah. Yeah, it was. We were watching this not too long ago. We were like rearranging the living room or something, and Alicia was like, "That's Kira Knightley." Yeah, (laughs) it's it's so funny to look and see like all these characters because because the Queen Amidala did not really matter after Episode One. Like, right. like, like they didn't, they didn't really, but you don't see, like, you really don't see her other than like, I think at Padme's funeral in episode three, right? She's not in it's episode a, it's two. A complete, it's a completely different person. Okay. Because, yeah. Yeah. So like Kira Knightley's only in episode one and she's only in a few scenes. Like she's, yeah. it's not as big a character as they originally made us out to think that she was going to be like, cause then they, they really, really focus on Padme. And so, yeah, no, it's 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 super cool to see all the different characters who who show up and like fill in. What did you think of like elementary school Anakin? I was just calling that. I always thought the age gap, just the the maturity of of him as a boy and Padme, you know, knowing that they were going to end up together eventually, like there was quite a it, it was just noticeably so there as that a they were child, Kid Jordan. I really liked Anakin because he was right around the same age as me. He was a few years older. Um, like it, it fit with what I, I like character wise, I connected really, really well with him. Um, I, I didn't pick up. I don't remember ever picking up on this until years later when the second one came out that those two would get together. Um, like it just, I didn't, cause I don't remember there ever being a moment where they're like, Oh yeah. Padme's our mom. Like, cause like, Leia's like, yeah, I remember, I remember visions of my mother, and I'm just like, how, how do you remember that? You were a baby, she died. <laughs> how? So like going through that, like it, it never, it never connected for me when I was when I was growing up until the second movie came out. I mean, they never really openly said, hey, this is how old Padme is in Episode One, and they never really said this is how old Anakin is. Uh, I mean, he was a 
or did they? Yeah. So, so there was something where uh, I don't remember if it was in the movie or if it was one of the companion book things, but it said that she's 14. She's five years older than he is. Okay. So he, he was like, he was nine. He was like nine and she was 14. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking purely just from an aesthetic look, like he just looks so much younger than she did in the film. Um, yeah. But then once we get to episode two and we get to Hayden Christensen, you know, they kind of look equal as far as age is concerned. Um, just from, a, from, just from a, like a aesthetic look, but um, what, uh, what else did you pick up on a fan or, you know, Phantom Menace? Like what were some of your favorite moments? Like I'm thinking like, I was just thinking I folded up on IMDB and I was, uh, you know, the whole part where you see C-3PO and Anakin's actually the one that made that it. Made it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, so, what? So the fact that Anakin had such a deep connection with C-3PO and R2-D2 from the get go, like that was huge. Yeah. Uh, because it, it created kind of this story that star wars is not about the skywalkers it's actually about c-3po and r2d2 walking through life with the skywalkers um like one it sucks because like at the end of episode three like uh what's his name's like have their have their memories wiped and so it's like well how are they supposed to know right and then everything from you know and you fast forward um the force awakens when r2d2 gets woken up by bb8 and it's like ah and then C-3PO, like, it's just all connected through the droids, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Do the, you, the characters does, you probably shouldn't care about as much are the ones that you care the most about. Yeah. Does Ollie, so do you know the books, um, you know, that like, and, and they may not even make them anymore, but like, uh, when we were kids, the the books that like had the little buttons on the side and it would go along with the pictures and you could press oh, yeah. the button. yeah, yeah. Does he have any of those? All, all, all he has some of those. Yeah, he has like the so Disney. So I had, I had one of those when I was a kid, and it was the Phantom Menace, and there was a button on. I think I had that. I it was like I way to go, R two, because it was talking about the whole. You know, it was like the yeah. battle in space when when Anakin ends up in that little ship and he's flying the ship and he's with R two and like it's like way to go, R two. Like yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know why I just remembered that, but okay. So my favorite thing about that whole movie were the Naboo and one Starfighters. And I love that years later, I mean, 20, 20 plus years later, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian with a Naboo and one starfighter. Like that ship was so different than anything we'd ever seen. Like it wasn't an X-Wing and then it wasn't, yeah, you know, like, it wasn't a starship destroyer and it wasn't. No, like a, and, and, and that's where they really started to branch out with their starship designs because really the most unique one out of them all was the Millennium Falcon. Sure. But when, when you like, you look at how big Star Wars is now, there's so many different classes of starfighters and there's so many different types of ships. But back when it was first starting, like they had nothing. They had to figure this thing out as they went, where now you have multiple hands in the pot trying to help guide this ship. And for good or or bad, um, I think I think it's doing really well with that though, because like when when Phantom Menace dropped and the Naboo and One Fighters came out, oh my gosh. Like, R2-D2 fit perfectly. Why did R2-D2 fit perfectly? Oh, because he's an astromech, and, and he's actually from Naboo. And so it's like, okay, that's a really cool thing. <laughs> and then they 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 hop in the, the fighter, and, and this kid is Force-sensitive, and he ends up being the one that ends up destroying the Trade Federation ships. Like, that was really cool. And the, the whole premise was 
a trade blockade. Like they they were holding a planet hostage. Like Kid Me loves the idea that oh, there's Gungans. Like there's all these aquatic amphibian animal people that are going to go fight all these battle droids. And like that was the first war in Star Wars that we really saw. Like everything else was kind of mission based, where this one was an all out war, and then like a full battle scene, and then you go and later you get the clones. And I'm like, yes, like that's that's the kind of stuff I'd love to see. So what what were your thoughts on I, I remember that just as a kid being blown away at how big of a deal they made the battle droids or in the destroyer droids. Like they made those such a big deal. Um with oh, the droidicas? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it was something oh. different than R2D2, C3PO, and you know, like other okay. droids that were so, like because droids basically like Original trilogy, me, you know, droids were reused for for servants, used for household, for whatever, yeah, for help. Like, like it was right, nothing, uh, nothing crazy, right. And so, like, you get to Phantom Menace, and it's like, man, there's a war going on, and like, there's hundreds of thousands of these battle droids, and you're like, holy crap, this is a big deal. So, it was something different. I, so, so I loved the the droidica. Um, which were the ones that rolled up into the balls and then they had yep. the, the, the shield. Those things were sick. Um, I, I would argue that was the Darth Maul of the droid army. Like those things, when those things just showed well, the up. the battle like, droids are so stupid, right? Like you could just slice them in half. Like they didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. So 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 <laughs> the, the way that I kind of saw this was your your droidica were like your top. Like the the more expensive they, they had that. But the, the normal battle droids were a dime a dozen. It was just your common man kind of thing. Like, oh, I can pay five bucks and get 20 of you. Like, not a big deal. And so as as you kind of walk through and you, you figure it all out, I just – I think that the droidicas were just so cool. And then by the time you get to episode two and you get the super battle droids, like, those were really cool. But again, they didn't have the force fields. They just – you just cut through them real quick. <laughs> but but I love the the evolution of the, the droids. And and someone made this observation. They think that because episode one, the droids weren't as stupid as they were later, and they think that it was because of the mass production that they had to lower certain things about them, and so they went for the intelligence because they're like they just have to follow orders, like that's all they need to do, and so that's why they got dumber the further that they went was because they were paying for a war, and I was like, oh, that makes sense, like that's kind of cool, but yeah, the. Uh, Episode one, the the only other thing that I want to really focus on is the Jedi Council. Like, what did you think about going from Luke Skywalker's like the the last Jedi kind of feel, and like he's he's the only one running around out there because Obi Wan died and Yoda died, and by the by episode six, like Luke Skywalker's the only Jedi out there, and there were only three shown in the entirety of it all. Like to see the Council, what did you think of that? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk more about it when we get to episode three, but um, I thought it was cool to see a younger version of Yoda. I thought it was cool to bring Qui-Gon into the picture, which, we, you know, we know now is, you know, Obi-Wan's master. Um, honestly, I wish they would have done more with them. Like, we really don't see them fighting except for their lives in episode three, <laughs> right? Like, they're just sitting in the temple and it's like, Oh, we're just going to have these meetings and not really do anything. Um, But like, it was cool to see them as a group and as a whole. Um, I wish they would have played more into the story of, you know, 
what they were up to. And I also wish they would have played more into the story of, you know, why they didn't trust Qui-Gon as much. Um, and I know they were trying to accomplish a lot, right? You know, you got the Anakin story, you got the Padme story, you got Darth Maul, well, you got the potential. You have to get it right because, yeah. because you did so well in the first trilogy and you're setting up a second trilogy yes. and you're having to tell stories that are going to eventually connect to the original trilogy because <clears throat> you're going back in time. So it's, yeah, they're, they're, they had a lot to accomplish in three movies. What did you think? I mean, it... well, let, let me say this for the time of 1999, because it took, I think they, I was watching a documentary about it and I think it took them two years to film this. So like having puppet Yoda, like that was, that was cool. Um, just to see Yoda come back. But when we digitally remaster and they put uh, like a, a digital Yoda in, I like that a lot more. <laughs> the, um, the fact that they brought in Samuel L. Jackson to play Mace Windu, Mace Windu, I'm like, that's awesome. And like they they handled it, but I I thought it was it was really cool to see that there are a bunch of bunch more Jedi there. Um, that it's not just like one person. And it it, it caused like as I grew up a little bit with it before Episode Six came out, I was like, how on earth are you going to eliminate these Jedi? Because it doesn't make sense. Um, and so. I, I thought it was really cool. Um, one thing I did notice <laughs> as I've gotten older rewatching, Samuel L. Jackson couldn't show up for the day that they filmed the the uh the orb scene when they're on Naboo. And they're like Samuel L. Jackson carries Base Windu as a very serious character, which he is. Like that that character is not someone who just like smiles all the time and is like waving and acting like a fool and whatnot. But they had someone step in when they're at Naboo doing the parade scene. And so they, I don't know who they got, but he's just like jumping around and waving. And I'm like, like, it's just one of those things that like I learned later in, uh, about the movie. They're like, yeah, we had someone step in and that's why we got the scene that we did. Because <laughs> one guy got his chance to be, got to be in a Star Wars movie. So he was in Jedi robes just laughing and, uh, just smiling and having a good old time. So it's like my friends from college when they <clears throat> they did the Dark Knight Rises trilogy or the Dark Knight trilogy. They did the Dark Knight Rises and they filmed that whole football scene when Bane oh, yeah. goes up to football scene. They filmed that in Pittsburgh at the Steelers Stadium. So yeah. a lot of my friends from college got to go up there to be extras and they're sitting in the stands. Like you can't see any of them, but they're up there mm -hmm. and they're all sitting in the stands and they get to say that, Hey, I was in the Dark Knight Rises. So, That's um, cool. but yeah, I, yeah. Samuel Jackson's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not showing up today. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I just wish they would have done more with the Jedi Council other than just sitting yeah. there and saying, hey, Anakin, we'll, we'll let you we'll let you train. And that's pretty much the, the legit. Well, they, the no, they, said, they, they said they wouldn't let him. But I know, I know. I'm just – they were debating yeah. whether or not – that was my whole point. They were debating yeah, whether or not they should. Had, had there been a moment where there were a little bit more to the Jedi than just Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan in that first movie? But I think they also had to kind of step step into the waters of how much can we use the Jedi Council – and can we can we lay the groundwork that they're kind of obsolete? And that's one of the reasons that they disappeared is because they they were no longer following Jedi principles where Qui-Gon was really in the right. So, yeah. Good point.
you want to move to episode two or do you want to keep? I do. Okay, no, I, I want. I want to move over into episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, Attack of the Clones was probably one of my favorite films when I was younger. Uh, absolutely loved just the idea of the clones coming in. Uh, that is something that it in 1977 when A New Hope came out, uh, which was just Star Wars at that time. Um, it, it's so funny because there's one throwaway line that basically helped build Episode Two, um, and it, it's your father. Your father fought in the Clone Wars, and like th- they didn't understand what cloning really was at that moment, and like it was still a very newish idea. Um, and for this to be set in a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far like it, it's it's different in trying to figure that out and to have the the Camino uh, cloners and um, Dex, the the big chef guy, like that that was a cool way to introduce some aliens and and allow. For some really cool storytelling to be told. That's that's my take, at least. It's not my favorite. Okay, which um, a lot of people of the, don't really care for it. Of the three, and the reason I think that it's not my favorite is because of what we get in the Clone Wars animated series later on. Yes, but we wouldn't get that Clone Wars animated series without this movie. I do love the fact that like. And and this probably is not a popular opinion. I love the love story of Anakin and Padme in this movie. And then I love how it kind of, it starts to teeter on Anakin's judgment towards the Jedi. And, he, you know, he's flirting, no pun intended, with, with his feelings versus his, you know. Oh, absolutely. And so, like, the part where Padme falls out of the moving ship and uh, towards the end of the movie and... Uh, oh yeah, Anakin, into the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Anakin's freaking out and then Obi-Wan's like, control your senses and like, you know Oh Padman. Yeah, and he's like just screaming and carrying on. So like, um I do like the the scene at the end where you get you know, you get these creatures that you've never seen before. One looks like a giant praying mantis and um, Oh yeah, yeah, the big monsters. Yeah. And one was like, kind of like a rhinoceros was the other one. And the woolly rhinoceros, and then you had the saber tooth cat, that, or the, the 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 purple cat. Yeah, it was just it was just different, right? And it was like, you know, which is kind of going to lead me to my next point or thought. Like, I wish they would have done more with Count Dooku. Yeah, like, okay. It just it just feels like we're setting up Darth Vader, and Darth Vader is going to be the big bad, and we know that. But like, you have all these chances to make these guys super menacing. And it was just like, we're just trying to set up Sidious and, and Palpatine. Okay, so Sir Christopher Lee coming in to play Count Dooku. Mwah, that yeah. was just was phenomenal. They, they chose the perfect guy to come in. And here's, here's the thing that we have to understand. The Sith don't care. There is right. no emotion attached. So it's not like the Jedi who are fighting their emotions. Like there is no emotion with these guys. Like they don't care if they like they're, they're out for power. And so with, with Darth Sidious um, coming in and he's, he's setting everything up and he's like, all right, listen, I'm going to, uh, to train this next set. Like he didn't even shed a tear over Maul. Like he immediately packed up and was like, all right, I got to get a new apprentice. You know what? I can't train someone because I'm so stinking old. Let me just go ahead and find someone who's a Jedi or a former Jedi being Count Dooku 
and I'll bring him in on, into the fold. And so he he helped guide some thought processes and helped kind of push him over the edge where he was kind of teetering and he he was okay, but um, he left the the council because he had lots of power in his his uh, his system and. Um, there were a lot of really cool things, and system being uh, the planetary system, not like in his like digestive system, because yeah. Um, but anyways, I think that he he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal pick um, to to bring some star power into it, and just when when he makes it look so effortless, mm-hmm. and and I love the fighting styles of Star Wars because it's very European knight with with the sword play and then like he's kind of like more your french fencing kind of like he kind of just like he'll fight but he's he's more like if i don't have to like i'll just like shoot you with lightning or i'll i'll do a force push or whatever well, yeah when he does the force thing he just looks like he's just he barely moves his hand and something falls off the wall and tries to crush somebody exactly and i'm like okay i want to know more about this guy than i want to know about darth vader at this moment because he just it, he made it look so effortless where where Darth Vader comes in very Nazi Germany style, very force of power, and is showing that force. Where Dooku's just like, listen, you're not you're not gonna even come close to me, and just brushes it off, and he just throws his hand, and, and something falls. Which is interesting because you get to episode three in the first you know fifteen minutes, and then uh, Palpatine just like kill him. And they just kill him within the first 15 minutes of the movie. And it's like, no, don't do that. And so, but you know what's coming uh, in the next, you know, two hours or so of the movie with the story of Anakin and Darth Vader and everything with uh, Order 66. I wanted to get your thoughts um, on this. I know we haven't dove into episode three, but kind of as the, the trilogy as a whole, for somebody who has never seen Star Wars and who, um, like I'm just saying, like the average person, if they've never seen Star Wars, shame on you. And no, I'm just kidding. Well, well, let's just say they, <laughs> they they binge it right, and they go four, five, six, and they watch one, two, three, and seven. Don't watch eight or nine. But um, <laughs> the let's just say we they they watch four, five, six, and they get to one, two, and three. Do you think? How do you think they did with like the whole Palpatine Sidious like dynamic where? You know, you you kind of knew it was him, but it wasn't him. And then okay, but, so so I'll say this much, especially at the end of episode know. two, because we're talking about it, episode two, right? And he's just standing there with you know the the Republic, and he's like, he's Senator Palpatine, and it's like he's looking over this whole army of clones, and it's like, bro, you're the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So so episode five, they, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't use the actor. Um, entirely. So, so they used some visual effects from like a chimpanzee and some things like that kind of helped create the look of uh, the, the blue emperor because they just used the hologram. And then uh, the actor, um, uh, I want to say his name is Ian something or another. I don't remember. But um, the guy who plays Palpatine and, and the emperor, he actually came back to play that character years later. Like he was a younger guy in, in uh, episode six and then came back to do one, two and three. And so he's been the emperor all the way through. And then he came back into episode nine um, to, to finish it out. But I, I, what I, what I really like is the way that they handled the emperor because 
he's kind of that villain behind the scenes. And when they when they do this scene where where Dooku meets up with uh with him at the end, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where like there's that that scene where it's like, oh, you're on Coruscant, but it's kind of like an industrial spot of Coruscant where I thought this entire planet was a city and like there's the industry side and um <clears throat> I just I really really enjoyed how the the music really made it feel menacing and it made him feel so much more because you know Vader's Vader's everybody's favorite like when it comes to the villain in, in Star Wars but I think the emperor is so much more of a villain than Darth Vader I feel like Darth Vader's more your pawn kind of villain like he he was played a lot especially as they they told the ep- or story of episodes 1 2 and 3 like you start to see how uh the emperor helped form the the midichlorians uh, which we didn't even talk about those um but but do you know what i'm saying do you understand what i'm saying though like the whole idea of like okay they did the way they shoot him like there's very much a side profile and you see it and it's like for somebody who's never seen it they're like wait is he the emperor is he is he is he living living like this double life is he like leading okay yeah 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 okay so i okay i was a little lost on that okay so yes I think that they handled it very, very well from a from a standpoint of like episode one, you can't tell, but then episode two, you start to tell a little bit. Like it's it's kind of like that slow reveal, um, because I think they did a little less of the like that side shot that you were talking about. Like the first one, I felt like his hood covered a ton of his face, and then the second one, you kind of started to see a good chunk, and then by the third one, you saw him completely remove it. And then he gets the electric shock and and becomes old and wrinkly and so. Well, he already was old. I mean, he was well, old. Yeah, he 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 looked really old and wrinkly. Right. Right. Yeah, I I just I think it's kind of a. Would did you say you didn't know? You I good? didn't know uh, for for a little bit, um, but I mean, I was also I was born in the mid nineties, so like I was I was a young kid at that point, so I, my deductive reasoning skills weren't entirely there but I, I my dad kind of helped me with that and he was like hey that's that's the emperor um but yeah yeah I, I, think they, I think they handled that one really well yeah what did you think of um you know we said that the chet i kind of sat like bumps on a log they became a little bit more active in, in episode two especially at the battle towards the end and then we see we get to see yoda finally fight and mm. he fights count dooku you know, that fight is my favorite in the entire prequel. Like lightsaber fight? Yeah, the entire okay. the entire prequel trilogy. That is my absolute favorite lightsaber fight. It's interesting. Like, because because most people would go for like Anakin Obi Wan in Episode Three, or they would go for Palpatine and Yoda in Episode Three, um, but, or even even Obi Wan Qui Gon Darth Maul in with Darth Maul. Yeah. So so the so this this is why I stand this way because Yoda was such a big part of my childhood um that, that i've got i've got big core memories with this one my grandmother who passed back in march um when i was a kid she still had this is like late 90s early 2000s somewhere in there she still had in the box mint in condition a yoda action figure like like old school and she'd been holding on to it and i found it in her uh in her drawer and I was like, man, that's so cool. And my dad was always like, no, Jordan, don't touch that. Like, that's that's grandma's prized possession. Not going to happen. 
And so I never was allowed to touch it. Well, one year I'm there and it might've been at Christmas. She let me open it. Like she was like, it's not about the money. It's about my, my grandkid enjoying Yoda. And, and I just had such a love for Yoda and Yoda is one of my favorite characters, period. Just the way that he speaks weird, the fact that he's kind of his own thing. And when they did Grogu, I was like, oh, like I love, I love that, that species. Um, Cause there's even Yoda's sister, Yada. Um, she's on the Jedi council and you can kind of see Yada. her. Uh, I think it's Yada. I think it's Yadol. Is it Yadol? Okay. I don't know. I, Yoda and Yada. When you said that, cause we watched, uh, it was Tales of the Jedi. She was in Tales of the Jedi. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It might, it might be Yadol. Um, so, so anyways, like there, there's not a lot of that species and they don't really talk about them, but like for them to show up very mysteriously and to be as powerful as they are and just very in tune. Like, I absolutely love that. And it is, it is Yaddle. Okay. Yaddle. So when, when Dooku and you find out that this is a master versus apprentice situation where Dooku was Yoda's apprentice and then you find out that Qui-Gon, like, like there's that family tree kind of thing where it's like Yoda, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and like four of the five members in that family are right there. And I just, I loved that moment. And, and just how much like Yoda grabs the lightning and like does this ball and he just absorbs it. Like, I, I'm like, dude, who does that? Like that's showing Yoda. like how much power yeah, yeah, Yoda does it. Um, <laughs> But then for him to jump around like a little frog and like he wasn't the bump on a log that we saw in the first film where where Windu very much just a, a show of power where Yoda was very precise. And I, I it's very short, but I love that scene. And it's and and for him to stop what he's doing to protect Anakin and Obi-Wan and Dooku runs away because he knows he can't out outdo Yoda. He's like, I can prolong him but I'm going to have to run away because I, I I literally can't beat this guy. And just like that, that's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. I think that for me, the, it's not my favorite lightsaber fight, but when he's fighting Palpatine in episode three, Yoda, that's a good one. And when they're going through the Senate chamber and he's like hopping off all the seats in the floating space chairs where they all sit. Um, it's kind of like an auditorium, if you will. Um, yeah. That that's just really cool. And then he's like, he's using the force to move it and throw the thing at, at Palpatine. Like it's just because the things, you know, they got. Well, then he, he grabs it and he spins it backwards yeah. at him. Yeah. So like <laughs> those. Yeah. There's moments, you know, because <clears throat> excuse me, we get to that has to be some of my favorite stuff in the prequels is that we get more of Yoda. We don't get very much Yoda in the original trilogy, he's only in it, you know, five and six. And then five, he trains Luke for a little bit. And he's very old at that point. And then by the time we get to episode six, he's dying and he dies. And that's pretty much the gist of, of Yoda in the, the original trilogy. But in the, in the prequels, we get, we get this run of, okay, he's on the Jedi council. He's going to go fight Dooku. He fights Palpatine, you know, uh, he he makes sure that, that Padme is safe after Anakin's turned to the dark side with Obi Wan, and they they make sure the twins are delivered and 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 separated, and you know setting up Episode Four, and it, it it's just very instrumental. And um, I love how they use Yoda to do that in the prequel trilogy. 
Yeah, it was it was <clears throat> very unique, and it's it's a way of storytelling that helps because honestly, like Luke in in the original trilogy, like he knows Obi Wan knows Anakin. I don't think that there was a lot of knowing that Yoda knew Anakin, and that Yoda was a, a Jedi, and like all like they they didn't storytell that way because they didn't know the exact way that they were going with it. I mean, it was from from the time that the the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy. There's 15 years there, at least. Um, well, that, they were also trying to tell the story of of Anakin and Obi Wan over here, Master Apprentice. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, and but but when you go in and you do that, it's like okay, you now know that Yoda was a much heavier player than than what was originally said, and and Yoda is just a very very well put together character, um, because like he has deep loss, and and I think that's the best segue to to episode three is through the deep loss of the Jedi Council, um. They they did this amazing series of of storytelling through through the Clone Wars that helps kind of tell the the narrative between episodes two and three, um, which we'll we'll talk about more later. <laughs> but I think uh, Revenge of the Sith was just this amazing storytelling of how do we kill off a bunch of characters <laughs> so that way the universe makes sense, but we can still kind of leave things open for interpretation. So if we want to bring a different character back. Like I've heard there being talk about doing a, a Mace Windu where he he like fell out of the the glass, uh, fell out of the the building, and he gets a concussion um, and forgets a lot of things. But he just has this anger, and I was like, oh, that would be really cool. And, and there's talk that Samuel Jackson might come back and do a, a Mace Windu movie, and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. Do you think that they missed? And I know we're not talking really about the animated Clone Wars, but like, do you think that they missed an opportunity to bring Ahsoka in? Knowing what we know now. Yes and no. So so here here's genuinely my thought process. So episode six or episode three dropped in 2006. The animated Clone Wars where they brought her in did not start until 2008, 2009. Right. So that character. 12, right? Something like that. How long did yeah, it last? Yeah. Uh, well, and then and then they brought it back for season seven. Five, and six or. Yeah. There were well, six, there were seven. How many seasons of Clone Wars? Seven, six, seven, seven season, and yeah. then but that seventh season was uh, not till twenty nineteen. Gotcha. So it, anyway, I okay, yeah, yes and no. I get I get what you're saying, but like, I I think that it would have enhanced the story, but I think it also would have taken a lot away from that story, um, for the sole purpose that I think that you have to. You have to go in knowing that, all right, episode two ended the way it did. We're going to have to introduce Luke and Leia somehow. We're going to have to kill Padme somehow. We're going to have to basically kill Anakin and create Darth Vader somehow. We get have to Jedi. get rid of all the Jedi. We have to eliminate the clones to create the Stormtrooper somehow. We're going to have a – we have to eliminate the Senate – because we have to build an empire somehow. Like there, there's a lot of loose ends that you have to tie between episodes one and two to four, five, and six. And there's got to be like that's the problem with doing a prequel trilogy. But I think that George Lucas just crushed it in episode three. And I would argue that outside of episodes 
five, I think three is probably my favorite. The more I watch three, the more I enjoy it. But I'll even I'll take here. The more I watch it, the more I don't think Anakin was wrong. Now, do I think what he did was wrong? Yes, but wrong things for the right reason. Right. Like, I think he had every right to be obsessed with Jedi. I think he had every oh, right to be um, questionable, you know, you know, having questions, you know, I'm sorry, having questioned their leadership. And it was like, you know, it seemed that we got very much before um, uh, 66, Order 66 happens, we get, you know, track with me here. <laughs> Episode one, we get bump on a log Jedi council that don't really do much episode two. They're fighting in the battle at the they're, end. Of the they're shoehorned into a, into a war. And then episode three, it's they're back to being bumps on a log before all heck breaks loose with, you know, order 66. Having said that, it, it just seems that like they were just stuck in their ways and they weren't willing to bend at all. And, um, Again, I'm not saying what he did was right, but I think he had every right to question the integrity of their leadership. And so the oh, more absolutely. I watch it, the more I watch it, I'm like, you know, I don't disagree with Anakin here. You know, like, I, I think that, you know, I, I think that he had a right to be upset and the fact that they didn't want to make him a master. And like, even looking at it through the lens of like, well, what if they would have made him a master? Would he have not turned to the dark side? Like, would, you know, would, would that have changed the, not that it would change the, the bigger story, but like, could it have, like if we're talking through this and like fantasy booking the star Wars narrative ourselves, could he have not turned to the dark side if they would have just made him a master? Right. Like he, he, but like, and denying him the rank of master, he was a hothead, you know, anyway. And he went to somebody else, right? Like if you, you don't get your way with something, you're going to go find another way to get your way. And ultimately that was through Palpatine. And Palpatine was manipulating of him. And so it was, in a way, it was the Jedi's fault that he turned to the dark side. <laughs> so um, there, there was a meme that I saw one time and it said he was supposed to bring balance to the force. And then it showed uh, Emperor Palpatine kind of doing a like a, a shrug. And it says two and two seems fair to me. Right. Like, <laughs> um, and then like the, the political ramifications of, of the. You know, and you say this a lot because you like that era of Star Wars, the the Galactic Republic. Um, one of the the one of Padme's on, uh, Padme's iconic lines. Excuse me, I just can't talk today. Um, Padme's iconic lines is um, "You're going down a path I can't follow" because she would yeah. she had she had political ramifications to go along with her being in office, and so um, it. You're right, Jordan. Like there was just so many different things that were not shoehorned is the wrong word for it, but like things that they had to do to make it fit so that episode four could happen. Yeah. Um, well, and, and because you specifically made a new hope episode four, like you yeah. can't be like, all right, we're having like, cause you, you could have continued that story to be completely right. honest. You could have done two or three more movies and, and worked on, Hey, this is the, the middle of the clone wars and not done the TV show, the clone wars, which I'm so grateful they still did. But like you could have done four, five, six movies just in that era, but they didn't because they needed to continue telling us a bigger story. Yeah, and I always thought it was weird too, and I think I've shared it on Nerd Talk before about like the whole idea of um, 
I was graduating high school when episode three came out. My family came to my graduation party. They ditched my graduation party so they could go see episode three. So I didn't get to see episode three in the theaters. So I didn't get to watch it till it came out on, on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever it was that I was you know, able to watch it on. And I was always curious to see how they were going to make Anakin Vader. Um, we know now that it, it was a result of the lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. And ultimately he, you know, gets his legs cut off and, you know, he ends up in a bed of ash by the, you know, the side of a volcano. And like, let's be real. There's no way that anybody would have lived through that. So, um, you know, what were You're your thoughts? hatred in the dark side? Yes, you would. I guess. Um, well, and then Palpatine shows up and he's like, he's still alive. <laughs> I'm like, that's so evil. Like, you don't care about anything. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> he, just wanted to, he just wanted the answer, you know, to, to you know, dominate the universe. But, like, what was your thought of the whole transition from from him being Anakin to becoming Vader at the end of that. Cause I felt like that was kind of rushed. Well, I think, I think it was a little rushed, but on the flip side, you have to keep it within a time frame to keep people's attention. You can't just go in and Lord of the Rings, star Wars. That's just, it's not going to work um, because attention spans. But I mean, like, well, yes, you and I would sit down and watch it and, and true fans, they were still testing waters at that point in time. Like, uh, longer movies hadn't been super involved yet. Like Titanic had been there, um, but Avatar hadn't even come out yet. Um, the Dark Knight, Avengers, uh, Endgame, like none of, none of those movies were even in the works yet when this movie was dropped. Or if they were, they weren't. But hardly they 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 weren't in there as as much as as we were probably in the very early stages of writing, and early development, screenwriting, early development, casting, things like that. Um. And so, like, you can't just be like, oh, well, we should have had a longer movie. You should have, but, like, you have so much that you have to tell. And I hope Star Wars never tries to do a reboot. Like, I hope they just continue to do, like, storytelling, layering things in. Like, The Mandalorian has killed it by continually adding. And not just adding from the seek or from the original trilogy, but adding from the prequel trilogy. Like, having Ahmed Best play... Uh, a Jedi who helped get Grogu out and like seeing the scenes of episode three of the, when they're at the attack on the temple in a very different light. I loved that. I thought that was awesome. And yeah, and to see, well, and like you get like, you get a, you get a glimpse of that with Rogue one because it's kind of in between three and four. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think star Wars could do really well with telling side stories that continue to do world building because like, Take Marvel, for instance. Marvel is on a linear timeline. Like, everything they tell you is happening. And it's not that movies are even happening at the same time. I think it's only happened once or twice. Um, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp and, and uh, Infinity War happened to be at the same week. Um, but everything else has been like, hey, like, Black Widow happens in between Civil War and Infinity War. Uh, Fury's big week. Like, supposedly a lot of these movies happen in the same week, not the exact same time because the characters kind of cross over, but it's the same week that roughly these things happen. And so, like, as you start to see how things work, I think that Star Wars, instead of telling a linear path of, hey, episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, like, this is how we're going to tell it. I think by inserting the Mandalorian, okay, we're going to put this in between 6 and 7 because the fall of the Empire and this is happening – 
And so we're telling an error of this story. And if they go back and they tell a different story, like they did uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't really care for the fact that he had to save Leia. I wish it was something a little different. Um, but by them going that route, like that puts you in between three and four. And then Clone Wars was between two and three. And then Bad Batch is between three and four. And then like you could do something between four and five. And like you can start to, to put all these stories and do storytelling elements all the way across the board. And I, I love that you can t continually add layering into it and you never have to stop. Looks like episode one was two hours and 16 minutes. Episode two was two hours and 22 minutes. And then episode three was two hours and 20 minutes. So they all kind of stuck to that two hour. Stuck to that two hour, 20 minute rough, roughly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that episode three just did really well with, with storytelling of how do you connect what we're wanting to tell to what we've already told. And and having to do episodes one, two and and continue that story, but somehow make the end something that we already know. And now and, and here's the other thing, having us guess as it's our first time watching it, like for anybody who hasn't watched Star Wars, um, I I highly suggest you start with episode four and yeah. then go four, five, six, and then one, two, and three. Now I've got a buddy of mine which this is a this is a fun one. He said, "Watch one or no, watch four, five, one, two, three, and then six. And he said, "The reason that you get that is because you get episode four, you 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 meet these amazing characters, then you go to five, and by the time you find out the Luke, I am your father, then you get to watch Anakin's backstory of how he became Darth Vader, and then you watch the redemption in six. And I'm like, I'm a purist. I ain't doing that. Yeah. Um, I I honestly struggle too. Like when I'm doing a a run of these movies and series, like when I sit down, I'm like, okay, what was the last one I watched? Okay, is it Empire? So I can just start with Return of the Jedi. Nope, I'm going back to A New Hope and watching all three. And then I'm going to watch one, two, and three. And then I'm going to watch, you know, whatever. Um, but here's the question. Are you ever upset that you go back and rewatch? No. No, because no, they're amazing films. Yes. And, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one comment before, before I let you keep going. I would argue the sequel trilogy is not as bad as we are giving it crap for all these years if you walk in with the mindset of just enjoying a Star Wars film. It doesn't always feel like Star Wars. There's a lot of things missing from it, and it does not hit the mark. But it's not as bad as we give it crap for. I rewatched 8 and 9 not long ago, uh, a few months back, and I, I, I give it a little bit more credit than than what what's due. Not much. Not much, not much, but I give it a little more credit. Well, I mean, that's fair, right? Like, I, I just, I guess as a hardcore fan, really just want more, and it's your fault, Jordan. Like, I watch some of these these animated series, you know, Bad Batch, Rebels, Clone Wars. Like, some of the stories that they're telling, such, you know, like the Ahsoka story. And, Are so and, good. Right. And so, like, when they drop the Ahsoka series. I'm like, this is an okay series, but did you watch the Clone Wars? And <laughs> did you see what happened to her in the Clone Wars? Um, yeah. And and here's the other thing. We also have to remember that when we were watching these series, that not everything is going to be the absolute best. Like, yes. like Marvel, Star Wars, DC, Harry Potter, all these different things. There's going to be one thing that is not as good as the rest. 
and we we focus as a society like this this instant gratification this this whole idea that we always have to have something better it always has to to one up no it does not because here's my my stance i did not like the first captain marvel movie and i really enjoyed the marvels and it felt like a step back from events like Endgame and Infinity War and the event, like it, it didn't culminate the same way. But I very much enjoyed that movie, and I'm excited that that we're still getting content like that. And I'm still excited that it doesn't have to be the greatest thing ever. And like Star Wars seven, eight, nine are not my favorites by far because I feel like seven is just a retelling of four. It's it's almost identical with modern modern graphics and 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 all that but going in and understanding that you know you got to have some some weaker ones but they're not terrible they're not great but they're not terrible like we, we we're comparing it because we we want something way better and it has to to always be better and i'm just like mm, it doesn't i always thought that like Growing up watching the original trilogy, and then when I found out that they were going to make a prequel trilogy, that, like, I wanted them to be not better. I don't think better is the right word. I think aesthetically better because it's 20 years into the future from when they made the original trilogy. And, like, by osmosis, I thought that, hey, these are going to look better. Because of the technology and how it had evolved. Oh, that first one, episode one, didn't, like its first run, did not look no like increasingly better. It was it was after the remasters and things like that when they they went back and fixed things. And even episode two, like where they're you know in the at the end of the movie, it's like the whole sand thing. It just didn't look great. And so episode three looked great because it was more space than it was you know Tatooine desert kind of Naboo whatever yeah. right. Um, it was more space um, oriented and um, and the movie was the background of all the scenes were darker than what you get with some of the daylight in the sand and stuff that you get in tattooing yeah. and boo. Um, but it, it was like I said, when we started this episode, I, I like them more now that I'm older than when I watched them when I was a kid. I'm like, sure. I was pumped with them as you know, as viewing of a child through a child's eyes, but you know, I wasn't grasping the gravity of what was going to happen because of, you know, Anakin's fall. And, um, I didn't think that they were going to include Palpatine as much, um, and make them such a pair. But like, like you said, they're the storytelling and the redemption is, is really good. Um, and I'd never thought about it in the light of like, hey, let's watch four five and then watch one, two, three, and then you get the redemption story of Anakin and the and the you know, episode six. Um for me, you know, the whole resistance sequel trilogy, like I I really like Force Awakens. I've only watched The Last Jedi three times. I've only watched The Rise of Skywalker twice. And I just can't for I can't bring myself to watching them. I just can't do it. I don't, I, it's just, it's, it's not that I even want them to be better because I know they're already made and there's nothing I can do to change it. It was just some of the writing. I just like, what are you doing? I agree. Um, I agree. So, um, but yeah, definitely. If you, if you have never seen these films, I would definitely start with the original 
trilogy, start with New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. In my opinion, it's probably the best movie of all time, Star Wars wise. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, um, I don't know, man. Like just the whole Empire and a Return of the Jedi, like that. That could be that. That's like the, that's like the Infinity War and Endgame of Star Wars is Empire and a Return of the Jedi. Like it's just would, such a good yeah, run. There, the, yeah, the story is is told very very well. Um. <laughs> Any other thoughts you have about your 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 beloved prequel trilogies before we sign off? I, I think it I think it's it's just been said. It's it's good. Definitely go check it out. And um yeah, that's all I got. You have any last thoughts? We didn't really talk about it, but like I thought it was cool that in episode one that we got to see Job of the Hut and we got to see the Huts. Yeah. And that was the only other time that we really get to see him. Well, no, I'm sorry, we see him in the New Hope. You see Jabba in A New Hope, and then you you don't see him again until Return of the Jedi. But he's briefly in A New Hope. But I thought it was cool that, you know, they're talking about the Huts being gangsters and, um, you know, in the whole pod racing scene, or the pod racing scene where, um, you know, Anakin's getting ready to race. And uh, it, I, one of the things I enjoy about episode one is how they talk about, you know, things like slavery and things like, you know, th- these things are actually happening on these planets. And then, you know, in episode two, when we finally get to Anakin, you know, being a little bit older and some of the rage he has and trying to save his mother and he kills all his sand, you know, sand people. And Husking Raiders, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's some stuff we didn't talk about, obviously, but, like, I'll say it again. The more I watch him, the more I like him. And I think they've aged well. Absolutely. Yeah, I fully agree with that. So, all right. Well, all of our listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We have had a blast this year talking about all the different content that we have. And uh, we encourage you guys just to keep hanging out with us each week here on Nerd Talk. 